Brian Russ was chatting up Patrick Hornquist after the game last night at PPG Paints Arena. This is outside the locker room. Hornquist's hurt for Florida, but he was in town. And after the two of them got done, I I waved to Hornquist myself and I said to Russ as he walked in my direction, he's the best, isn't he? And Russ responds, yeah, yeah, he is. There's a family feel to this franchise that at times can override a lot of other stuff. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out in addition to this one. Penguins 7, Panthers 6 in overtime. And no, as Sidney Crosby would put it afterward, it wasn't pretty. It really wasn't. There was so very little to like about this game. If you're interested in reading my thoughts on that angle, that was where I took my column for DK Pittsburgh Sports. I usually don't like to do that. I don't like to mix wins with a negative column, much less wins that come with as much of an emotional angle as this one did with Chris Letang returning from his father's funeral in what's obviously been a tumultuous month in his life to put up four points and the overtime winner on a blast from the left side in a power play. Uh, it's not easy to go negative on that, but I really, really, really didn't like the way they played overall. So if you want to get my full thoughts, go check out the written column where this feeling was concerned and seeing Rust and Hornquist champions both and then seeing the big goal and then seeing Sid look way more emotional then Latang immediately after the shot hit the back of the net, as he approached Latang, seeing Evgeny Malkin, who was the guy who set up the goal, Sid was setting the screen in front. There's, I know, I know, right? There's a lot of drama that accompanies this team, for better or worse, over the last 40 years. Not just in the Sid era. Believe you me, it started in the Mario era, and very much so. And from there, to have Latang say this to his teammates when they presented him with that silly gladiator helmet after the game. Uh, guys, I, I just want to say thank you for everything. Uh, you know, it's been, it's been a tough month, and uh, you guys have been awesome, so thank you very much. You hear the little crack in his voice there? Yeah, that stopped for a reason. This was what Latang had to say to the assembled cameras and microphones once he got back to his stall and was meeting with the media. I, I was just happy to be out there, you know, um, be in the atmosphere of the, the team. Yeah, did you hear the crack in there too? I, uh, I approached... Latang after this, uh, the the bigger media session, just to 
express my own condolences and welcome him back uh, as well. It's the first time I'd seen him since he'd lost his father. And (laughs) I have to mention to you as well, as long as I'm getting all anecdotal in this segment, that just before that, I'd gone over to Sidney Crosby's stall and asked him a couple of questions about just stuff that happened in a game. And before before anything even got started there, Sid goes, hey, 58's available. 58's available. It was his way of saying, you know, don't feel like you're going to miss out on anything from me. Go talk to him. He's the guy. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a special franchise. It is. I'm not going to sit here and be stupid and predict glory uh, for this coming spring and summer. This team's got a lot of work to do and significant changes to make that will be challenging to make, presuming the GM even has the wherewithal to make them. But the franchise, that's a bigger thing. That's a bigger thing. That covers a lot of ground. And whether you're watching this game from inside PPG Paints Arena or on TV or on social or however it is that you would have taken that one in, the individual that I thought best represented what ended up happening on the evening was one Bo Bennett. Remember Bo? Bo, who could never stay healthy, but has always had a great sense of humor about it and has never held anything against anyone in Pittsburgh tweeted out that Latang goal gave me goosebumps you knew it was coming even Bo even Bo who could not have a dozen positive memories out of his woe-begotten time in Pittsburgh was moved enough to share that publicly when we come back J1Q from Anthony, who says, DK, what do the Penguins do with the backup goalie position? It's starting to become a pretty big need with Tristan Jari continuously getting hurt. I don't think Ron Hextall can just sit on his hands here. And yes, I'm aware of the cap situation. Anthony, you've got all the bases covered there. You've got the foundation of what the challenge is that's in front of Hextall. But I'm with you in characterizing the GM as needing to stop sitting on his hands. Let's remember that Hextall wasn't just a goalie. Hextall was a great goalie, a legitimately great goalie in the National Hockey League. As such, it had to have been burning him up, watching, (laughs) not just Casey DeSmith, but for that matter, Alex Lyon at the other end. This was two AHL-level goaltenders performing at a below-AHL bar. That's how bad this was. And I understand they were extenuating circumstances. Both of the team's starters were hurt. 
Neither team had even dressed a backup, which is wild unto itself. But there's nowhere to run or hide from what's been a bad season for DeSmith. He's been a real problem. The Penguins are, as Jason Zucker managed to blurt out once last week, a different team when they have Jari in net. And he didn't mean that in a, any kind of, just for clarification's sake, shot at DeSmith. It was, he said that we are a different team, meaning the skaters. We play differently. For whatever reason, we're actually tighter and more responsible in front of Jari. Well, I think I can address that. Because when I watch the Penguins in front of Jari, they're performing the way they should perform because they're closer to having their playoff lineup out there. They're performing as if it's a game that they need to win the way they're supposed to win, which is by defending, first and foremost, the way they played, for the most part, in Newark, which, as I'd mentioned to you, was a, a loss that I really liked. Well, this was a win that I really didn't like, because this, this isn't it. This isn't what this team needs to be. It doesn't need its third and fourth liners making drop passes in the third period of a tight game. That can't happen, but it happened last night multiple times. You can't have Brian Dumoulin, and yeah, I know he struggled and everything else, but you can't have him on the ice committing the type of error that he did with two minutes left to cough up the puck to Carter Verhage. And just looked like a grade schooler, pretty much falling on his face after he did. You as an organization can't put him out there if that's the way he's going to perform. You as an organization can't accept that coaching wouldn't address or correct the other mistakes that I described. And you as an organization definitely can't accept that level of backup goaltending. It feels like... When DeSmith is going to start, it's going to be a loss. You know why? Way more often than not, it is. He's now appeared in 20 games. The Penguins have won seven of those. He has a 900 safe percentage. That ain't it. I don't care if you're a starter or a backup. That ain't it. This team needs better backup goaltending, and I'd be saying that even if Jari didn't go down with the upper body injury yesterday afternoon before the game. Because who knows how long it's going to take him to come back from this injury. And you're just going to roll with DeSmith game after game after game when you need points? Uh, I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Mm-hmm.